International Kendra, Arthur, Mother, and this is DJ Pat. I woke up this morning, so excited. Fever is in the air, and I can't deny it. You see, something good is gonna happen. I can feel it in my soul. Whoa. Excuse me if I start dancing, cause somehow I know it's all the way. D and Sister A on the show we call Praise the Loot. 
Dietrich Haddon. And my main man. There we go. And this is Holland. She's on Goatee Records with Jamie Grace. This is a hot jam. Get him H. Never dreamed that I ever could forget you But black and white make a mess when it turned to gray Sunlight keeps sweeping across the window Rewind to the time when we were so close Got me longing for yesterday on blast it's like i try to speak my mind because i know that i'm his and yep i try to speak my mind but it don't fly with them kids man if i'm not talking about the newest nikes or releases they put the mute on me i can't speak about my jesus like i'm living for him flipping this in i turn around and make the amends i try to fit in i mess it in i'm taking this pen and writing everything so i remember just how sweet that it is yeah man i got issues i can't even lie my only saving grace is knowing I got you inside I'm done with saving face, I don't got a thing to hide So don't leave me alone, keep coming day and night He'll never leave or forsake you. That's our Lord and Savior. Such a good God. Don't leave me alone. Three stations. Yeah. Two hosts. Two hosts. Do one show. 
It's Praise Hallelujah. Double play for my main man, GD Daddy. DJ Cat y'all. Get him, DD. Of LA. I said, yes, ma'am, is everything okay? She said, come over here, I got something to say. You shouldn't be on TV acting that way. I said, whoa, you better I be fake. Want me to act like I don't make mistakes? Sorry, ma'am, I ain't cut that way. I gotta keep it 100 all day. And your attitude is worse than mine. And you can be a little bit more kind. And if you want folk to come to your church, we all gotta do some work to be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Like there he is They wanna remind you of what you did Don't know why some people just won't forget And some folks just won't let you live Oh, how quick they forget what they did Don't even remember who they did it with But that ain't none of my business Let me put it just like this I wanna be like Jesus Be like Jesus Saturday in Philadelphia. Gotta let your head down a little bit on this one. Come out that little religious zone. Hey everybody, it's Tina Campbell and you're listening to Brother D and Sister A on Praise Hallelujah Radio Show. Y'all stay tuned. Yeah. It's a miracle for you right now. With my name on my girl, TC. Woo! There's a healing in this room. Yes. Receive and your healing. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. There's a breakthrough. He only in means good for you. It's got my name on it. 
He don't put hardships on us. So I'm gonna put a praise on it. Hallelujah. But he delivers us from hardship. Hallelujah. He tests our faith. Hallelujah. But not with sickness, disease, and torment. Hallelujah. But he tests us to believe him, to believe what he said. Hallelujah. To walk in his in his character. Amen. So let your healing begin right now. Woo! This is a mean joint. I know y'all probably saying, shut up, Brother D. I know y'all saying it, but it's all right. Get them tired. Wherever you are. 
Yeah. Put a praise on it. Knowing that he's going to do exactly what he said. Know he's going to multiply that seed that you sowed to him. Know that those stripes are healed you. It's Tasha Cobb and you're listening to Praise Alleluia with Brother D and Sister A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody loves Praise Alleluia. You listen to Praise Alleluia on G-Time Radio, gtimeradio.com. Awesome God Radio in Baltimore. Look Up Radio in Fishtown, Philly. Soul Possible Radio in Dallas, Texas. And on UGN Jams, live right now over in London. I'm the one and only Brother D. You probably saying, where's Sister A? She's getting my breakfast. That's right. <laughs> and people out there don't like it. Suck it up. <laughs> no, she's not getting my breakfast. Please don't tell her I said that. Um, well, our breakfast, amen. It's a beautiful day in Philadelphia, even though it's overcast and everything. And it looks like it's rainy and everything. But God, God, it's so good. It's so beautiful. I am so happy that you guys are here with us this morning. It's an awesome morning. My main man, Brother Marcus, just just uh, from 103.9. I should say for 107. Point, I think it's 107.3 now. And so love you. Just text me. Good morning, bro. If you're listening, amen. He was just checking in on me. Um, you know, all those radio buffs, we all are like friends together. But I just want to give homage right now to the Holy Ghost, you guys. Um, God is so good. He does so many things for us. Always working behind the scenes. Always, you know, doing that behind the veil stuff for us. Just want to say thank you, Lord, for doing things for me and my family as well as all of you out there. Know that God is working on your behalf. Amen. He's just such a great God. You know, um, I'm always on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm always looking at different things because you know I'm uh, you know I do a lot of social media stuff. And I, and um, a couple of weeks before we had a, a show and we call it Preach Jesus. You know, go into the world and preach Jesus. And um, if you know if your if your church is empty, if no one's coming to your Bible study. I challenge people to preach Jesus, to go into the street and preach Jesus. Um, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Amen. Um, and, you know, found in uh, Isaiah 55, as well as um, the Great Commission. Um, I think a lot of, well, you know, the things that are going on right now in the church is that a lot of times we go out, we preach a lot of different things. Amen. We preach, you know, you know, come out the bar, stop wearing tight clothes, put on a new hairdo. Do, we preach everything but Jesus. Amen. And those things are not going to save people. Amen. And those things don't put people in hell. What put people in hell is the thing that they're rejecting and the thing that they don't know about and the thing that you are commissioned to preach. And that's come, buy, eat with no money. Come. Yeah, man. And just, to, you know, with a sweet spirit. And and I brought up the fact that, I, I'm you know, I look at social media a lot. And sometimes I'm looking. And I know we all have different demeanors. Sometimes the evangelists have more of a demonstrative, not demonstrative, but more of a, a stern demeanor and then, you know, in the prophet, they got the stern demeanor. But when we're out, one thing we have to understand, we're not the we're not the Old Testament people. Amen. Amen. And um, we're New Testament. We're called to walk in love. Amen. And we're, and a lot of times people say, I have, a, you know, I have a godly anger. I'm like, but, well, if people are lost and they're lost, then you have no reason to have a godly anger. Sometimes you have a godly anger over when people say a godly jealousy. It's just for the things that may be going on. And we all know better. But. 
we are, and we know that the person has been taught in God or learned in God. But people who don't know any better, we have to we have to say things in love. We have to walk in love. I, I you know, I, you know, I seen some things and I heard some things. I was like, wow. I said, if we would just give love, just love folks, just love on them. You know, people are already going through enough. It's enough going on in, in the United States right now. You know, people need to know that God loves them. People need to know that God wants to make the, make their situation better. Amen. And if and I just want to say that this morning that you guys just love in love. Amen. Um, I just want to say today is going to be an awesome day. Uh, that's a hard transition, right? <laughs> today is going to be an awesome day. We have the one and only international Kendra. I'll keep calling it. That's the name of her ministry. But uh, Kendra, the large Arthur. And she's going to be on, on with us today. I'm so uh, so happy. She just so happened to be my beautiful niece. And she is the author of The Walk, From Hearing to Knowing. And um, I was going over the book and going through. I didn't read all of it, but I was reading some of it. And um, a lot of it brought me to tears. You know, the parts I did read you know, kind of brought me to tears. You know, either you're born to tears or not. Yeah, I was born to tears. Um, some of the things that she suffered as a child because Kendra and I people don't understand is that we at a, at a certain time we were we walked to school together we we was at my mom and dad's house together and um, and we had to me we had a bond from a certain age I think how many years I'm older than Kendra I don't want to say how many but but she was uh, we walked to Emlyn school together and, and, and I think for like two years she was at my mom, at, at mom and dad's house with us, her and her, her beautiful mother, Donna, my big sister, who used to wipe my behind. Um, but nevertheless, um, just want to say that I'm glad that she's on the show today. She's going to be talking about her new book. But the book is, um, the, what I've read thus far, is awesome. It's awesome what God has brought us from. Amen. With the enemy means for bad, God will turn it around for our good, that he will get the glory out of it. Amen. That, that God will put us in those situations, but situations will sometimes try to find us. And, in, and out of those situations, God will use it to bring glory to him that people may see Jesus and be saved. Amen. So uh, she will be coming on on the top of the hour. As always, Presley, we play the best music. If you want to hear any of our past um, interviews with Creflo Dollar, with uh, Tasha Cobb, if you go on our SoundCloud and look up the word, you know, look up the show Presley, you will see all the wonderful people that we that we interviewed. But nevertheless, I'm going to get back to this music right now, y'all, okay? So I want you to sit back, relax, like God do what he do, boo. Let him do what he do. Oh, oh, I forgot about birthdays. October birthdays. I'm sorry. Happy birthday to all my nieces and nephews. Happy birthday. Uh, but I'm going to specifically say my main man, Ike. Happy birthday, Ike. Happy, uh, who else is in, in the month of October? Well, whoever you are, I know that God wants to bless you above and beyond. He loves you. And this is it's a, beautiful day. a triple play. I love this album, man. Didi put his foot in this one. This is a heavy R&B joint. We want you to know that everything's going to be all right. Just keep on focusing on Jesus. Get him, Didi.
This is your girl Lisa McClendon, and I'm hanging with my boy Brother D and Sister A here on Praise Hallelujah. This is V Rose. This is a hot joint. A hot joint. Get them, V. That never left me. Never left me alone. And you've always loved me, even when I was wrong. So I'ma keep lifting you up, cause up is just where you belong. Many-minded palm trees Why they always throwing shade? So cold, got me putting on the long sleeves But I'm putting on the long sleeves Cause I ain't gonna leave your love And they can try to freeze me out But they ain't gonna bring no doubt No doubt, nah, nah I know who I am, I know who you are You're up when I'm down, can't pull us apart No matter the tragedy happening You're looking after me, they say you're back to me But I just love you so much I love you so much I love you so much
I'ma keep lifting you up, cause up is just where you belong. My heart ahead vanish in it. Pride and violence did add infinite. Love was silenced and I'll admit it. Never showed till I repented. It was love when he left his throne. He showed up in shoulders, the best I've known. Shoulders were loaded from mess unknown. Cause I noticed the boulder rolled over to the left, mind blown, mind blown. He says that I can't style, huh? No time when I can't call, huh? And can't nobody wipe my name out, huh? And he can keep me through my pain now, huh? But why I say I like it so much? Then don't do what you say. Must not like it that much. My comforts they get in the way. I read good, feel fair. But my love look dead. No love in my hands, my feet on my legs. I can't call it love if it stays in my head. I love it so much. 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 You're the only one I can trust, yeah. Your name is high places. Greater than the ones they be putting on in my praises. Skyscrapers, hallelujah to the throne all night long Cause your grace is so amazing Don't deserve it, but you give it, you keep giving on Like, oh my Jesus, ain't no other guys up in this song Everybody, it's Tasha Cobbs, and you're listening to Praise Alleluia with Brother D and Sister A. Yeah, and this is my main man, Jay McReynolds, because we are Christ's representative. Get him, John. Some people base their whole existence. They drive all the clothes they've worn And we get all proud to rep our city Shot town And even the month that we were born September Everybody loves a different story And everyone on earth has a different call mm. But before the details get to go there's one thing that unifies us all mm. We are Christ representatives We are Christ representatives And we shine our light so bright that we make them say Whoa, we gotta let them know that we are Christ representatives mm. I've been anointed to be and glorify my God mm-hmm. So every box you try to put me in It may be exactly what I'm not mm-hmm. See, we're not your average boys and girls Oh no, something very special on our ID To the world It's way bigger 
GTownRadio.com, Awesome God Radio in Baltimore, Look Up Radio in Fishtown, Philly, Soul Prosper Radio down in Dallas, Texas. We still praying for you guys, and also on UGN Jams. I'm the one and only Brother D, and she is Sister A. See, Sister A, you know what? You know, you're supposed to just come in right away. She's looking at her phone, fiddling with the microphone while it's on. Please forgive me. Black folks, man. Black folks. We're just a special breed. Just a special, special breed. Yeah. But nevertheless, that's my baby. And I love her. Amen. So you listen to um to Praise Lou, you bet you can't be quick. See, this is what Sister A does. Um, let me let me just let y'all into a little secret. This is what she does to me. She starts talking to me when I go on air. But when I'm off air, she's looking at the phone. So you can't question me at that time. You got to question me when the music is playing, not when we're going back in. Amen? Amen. Amen. So anyway, so here she comes. Amen. So we want to say, uh, you know, not giving homage to the world, but Beyonce was in town. Beyonce. It wasn't down. She was down at the link, and um, a lot of people went. And it was down there. I think I seen a lot of people down there. Um, took pictures with the, you know, you know, with their Bibles in their hands. They took. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I, said, I said, "Is that the Saints down there at the Beyonce concert with the Bibles in their hand?" I mean, you want to go, you can go. I mean, ain't no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You can go where you, go, go where you want to go. But I'm just saying, was that the Saints? 
I don't understand us. Anyway, yeah, I'm right. I know. You know, Bishop is he, he gonna let us out by by five thirty, and I, right after that, I'm just going down to the concert and just see what's going on. All right. <laughs> I'm like for real. <laughs> anyway, oh man, I'm not, we can do whatever we want to. No kind of nation, no kind of nation. Amen. Woo! But anyway, uh, you know, Beyonce is an awesome performer. She really is. I mean, um. You know, I think I, I thought, you know, my main man, Prince, was um, was often performing, too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Great entertainers. Great entertainers. Yeah, man. And no shade. No shade. You know, I just laugh when people, you know, they want to mix the two. You know what I mean? They have doilies on at the, at the concert. Hey. <laughs> How you know, Brother D? <laughs> I have Facebook. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Down there. <laughs> Sneaking in. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, it's a new show on, and we're trying to get this actress on. Her name is Simone, and she played Keisha Knight. And the new show on Netflix. What's the new? What is the new show? Um, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. I was watching uh, a couple of um, episodes last night. I was trying to like follow like some Christian actors if I see if somebody's a believer. And uh, my cousin is a believer. Uh, her name is Crystal Brown. She's on my Facebook. If you want to follow her? Go ahead and follow her. And, and she was on that new movie that's coming out with the astronauts, the black scientists who helped put them on the moon, the first one. Oh, on the okay. Moon. And uh, uh, with Taraji. And, yeah, with Taraji okay. and, and, um, and um, that's a shame we don't know their names, but nevertheless. Wow, forget the other girl's name. Yeah. I know. Are we black? Are we black? No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Give me back your black card. <laughs> Charlie Murphy, give me back your black card. Anyway, but nevertheless. Um, Amen. And the movie you were talking about was hit called Hidden Figures. Hidden. That's the title of the movie. That's the movie I was talking about. Hidden figures about, yes, about the, the uh, scientists, about the scientists, the mathematicians. Amen, yeah. amen. Hidden figures, yeah. Go watch it. Go check it out. Amen. So once again, awesome. Luke Cage. Uh, I was watching it. It, it. It's 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 mature content. Um, I don't recommend that for your kids. When I see superheroes, I'm always thinking superheroes. Uh-huh. Luke Cage is a little bit more than a superhero. It's like Batman. Batman's really not for kids. Mm-hmm. They made him for kids. Yeah. But Batman is not really a kid superhero. Batman kills people. You know, and that's the thing. That's why they always was after Batman. If, if parents really want to know, you know, I know the show is not about superheroes and Batman and Robin, but though, like certain things that people don't know that, you know, what's for kids and what's not. Like the Flash, he's for kids. Superman's for kids. Batman, no. Spawn. Doesn't Superman no. kill people too? Superman, no. He was I always mean, no. Oh. Superman always always he always gets beat up. That's one thing I know. How do you how do you have a name like Superman and you get beat up? I I'll never know. I I have always been baffled by Superman, you know? Uh-huh. It's like having a supervisor, but they come to you for answers. Uh-huh. Aren't you the super me? <laughs> so I always wondered that. That's always been some of my I'm not this am I throwing shade this morning? Is this a shade morning? I hope I'm not. I, you know I'm what just I mean? gonna sip my tea. That's a, uh, you, she just did it again. I'm, I'm gonna go there. See, I, I, I'm just. It's like no, <laughs> no ma, I can't say this. It's too deep. Charlie, Charlie Murphy, you gotta be trained. You gotta be trained. Sister A is just over here abusing me this morning. Anyway, it, it is what it is. It is, as I say, it's a lovely morning um, in Philadelphia. Just know that Jesus Christ loved you and he wants the best for you. We have um, uh, my niece, Kendra, that's coming on. 
aka butter aka bubbles that's my um that's my baby uh me and kendra we uh when we were younger as i said we we would when we were growing up she would we would walk to school together and i actually got mad at kendra when we was growing up because my my brother darren always knew how to antagonize me mm-hmm. darren is the antagonizer and so because we're, we're closer in age we like me and darren we're three years apart and um, she had the same bedroom. And Kendra was very intelligent, uh-huh. a very intelligent child. And she knew how to spell far better than I did, even though I was years older than her. I think I'm like six years older than Kendra. I think mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, six years. Uh-huh. I remember holding her when uh, my, my daughter, when my, I'm sorry, when my sister brought her home. And I was like uh, coming out of kindergarten. But nevertheless, what ended up happening was he would have Kendra to spell stuff. Kendra uh-huh. probably don't even remember this, and then asked me to spell it, but I uh-huh. couldn't spell it. Uh-huh. And he would sit there and laugh and laugh. No, black kids laugh, and I would just sit there and go, you know, I would get mad, and me and him would start fighting. And then I start to resent Kendra because she could spell stuff and I couldn't. It was it's the stuff that kids do. But I was just like, man. But she was always like, like really smart. And she. Just how did y'all know if neither one of you knew how to spell? How did I didn't you know say what he she couldn't spelled? spell. I oh. said I couldn't spell as well as she could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, you just took his word for it that she had it correct. No, when she spelled, she had it correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just asking. She had it correct. She was like, what? I think Kendra was like 12, going into high school. Uh huh. Yeah, going, when she went into high school, she was very young going into high school, but uh, she had it correct. She spelled it correctly, no, correct. But nevertheless, it, it, it was what it was. But I used to get so angry. But my, my brother, well, he was like that anyway. And I mean, whoever who got brothers like that, just, just antagonize you, just do stuff to you. Um, but I love Darren. And it, it's so funny, like, how he and I grew up. You know, we grew up fighting like cats and dogs to the mm-hmm. point where my mom would, I mean, when we got older, call the police because we got in fight fights. Wow. But to this day... He is so dear to my heart, and it's so odd. Like, like why is and and I have a I have a whole slew of brothers, but why is he is so dear to my heart? I don't know. Guess we because we shared the room. Guess because he's the one who always took up for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Like he would beat me up, but nobody in the street could beat me up. He would always come to my rescue. Uh-huh. Amen. But nevertheless, he would get me so angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember when uh, he had um, he had moved out, and uh, he was going to Job Corps and. I cried like a baby. I'm letting all this business out. <laughs> I cried like a baby. <laughs> oh. I want my brother to go. I was like, but you know, five minutes ago, you we were just fighting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like cats and dogs um, to the point where it's just like unbelievable. Nevertheless, I said I'll let to say that. Kendra's smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said all that. <laughs> anyway, that's my butter. But um, her, mom is, her mom is my sister, who is a twin. And um, I'm, just, I'm just I'm happy that she's coming on. She's the first yes. family member that's coming on. Praise the Lord. And it's, it's so funny. I've invited family on before. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the ones that won't come at me. But <laughs> but she's the first to accept. Amen. Uh-huh. So I'm putting it out there. Y'all know who y'all are. But I, I've invited family on before. And um but you know, sometimes family. Yeah, you know, sometimes people. You know, I, I'm, what I'm coming to find out is a lot of people who have talent, and you invite on. They're they're scared to talk. They're afraid to talk. Uh-huh. It's like they won't. Like, I, people who 
even I, who I work with, and they know the word, and they'll be saying stuff. I'll be like, oh, you can come on and talk about that, but they'll call and give me a five-minute sermon or a two-minute sermon, whatever like that. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't know what to say. But you just said it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'll get back to you about that. And it's like, wow. And the people who have nothing to say, they always want to come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one lady told me, I'm very, 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 very anointed. I'm like, okay. What about your character? Don't tell me what God put on you. Tell me about your character. What you got to offer? What, what, what you got? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, because I see what you do. So I'm just, I'm just asking you a question, you know? Because you here, if you're right here telling people off, <laughs> what you going to do once you come on air with me? You know what I mean? Stop talking about folk. Oh, I can't do that. Nevertheless, it is what it is. But I'm Brother D. And I'm Sister A. A little stuffy today. Yeah, a little stuffy. Um, our daughter gave us something. I don't know what it is, but it's not like Christ. It was our, our, our darling daughter Jordan's birthday, and Jordan's one of the people who come and lay on you while you're in bed and kiss you, and whatever she did, <laughs> we both got it. And um, runny nose, achy. I'm achy. Since A is not achy. I just have a runny nose, and... And, and sore it throat. Stuffy. My yeah. throat isn't sore. I see mine was, was sore. Didi's oh, was that's sore. Why I didn't get cough drops. Yeah. I, thought, I said I don't have a sore. Our throat. other son, he was sore. She does. Oh, she yeah. does this to everybody. Didi, she come take over your bed and just lay in your bed with you. You lay. He's like, why do I feel like I'm being pushed to the edge? When you wake up, it's good. And she's just laying there. I'm like, girl, this girl six foot one. Come on now, come on. Woo! Lord have mercy. We love our kids. We love him. We thank God for him. But my Lord. Nevertheless, you to praise Hallelujah. We'll be right back with and uh top of the hour. International Kendra's coming on to talk about her new book, The Walk. You listen to Praise Hallelujah. We'll be right back. We love, we Double play for my girl V Rose. It's a rainy day, but God is good. God is shining on you. Who he meant to make and he meant 
with my mom and dad. I spit facts with a few. I'm on I was found in the rough with a diamond's at. And since he made change, now I know what diamonds was. Oh. I shot for the moon. And I'm at the sun. This is my girl, formerly of Group One Crew, Miss Blanca. Praise the Lord.
bitch, but I I'm done with that You can tell them all that I'm done with that No more backing down into the background That's not cause I put them old habits down, uh-huh I follow the leader And where he may take me may make me a leader It's wrote on the wall, all you need to is read it Can't be a lame duck in this hole with the ego So I'm crossing that line Tell them all, dog, that I lost too much time Ain't staying in this place cause I got to win a race And I'm running for a crown, can't back it down, nah Girl, Jessica Reedy. Woo! Praise your way out. Call hallelujah. This is awesome, Jay. Seems like my beauty is fading from within. I'm living my life not to please God, but for them. What they think of me matter more than anything. Nowadays, they think I'm beautiful, humble. It's causing me to stumble. And I'm losing my identity. Really don't enjoy me. Wonder if how I feel shows up in my ministry. Oh, God, I think I'm messed up big time. And I know I should rejoice when I run into many trials. It helps build endurance, character with strength and time. But it seems that knowing that isn't helping me right now And the only thing that's coming to mind is I gotta praise my way out of this one
Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's my girl, Jessica Reedy. Yeah. And you're listening to Prince Leo on G-Time Radio, gtimeradio.com. Awesome Guy Radio in Baltimore. Look Up Radio in Fishtown, Philly. Soul Prosper Radio down in Dallas, Texas with them dirty cowboys. And also on... Eugene Jams over in London. I'm the one and only Brother D, and she is. Sister A. My boom, my baby, my boom. Loving, loving, loving it, loving it, loving it. But right now, right now, we got the one and only author online with us right now. She's in the building. She's flown on our private jet. It's landing as we speak. She's walking across the campus. <laughs> She's approaching the station. <laughs> And without any further ado, here she is, the author of The Walk from Hearing to Knowing, International Kendra. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning, Brother D and Sister A. How are y'all this morning? <laughs> I'm You're all right. Blessed. Don't you mean Uncle D? Don't you mean Uncle D? <laughs> <laughs> He's silly. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a professional here, but if you want to go there, hey, Dooley. Oh. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> No, you didn't call me that name. I'm too big to be called that name. But nevertheless, uh, I, I am so uh, I'm glad to have her here with, with me this yes. morning. This is my niece, uh, the daughter of my sister, Donna, and her name is Kendra. And she had, she wrote a remarkable book, and it's called The Walk from Hearing to Knowing. Man. Amen. Wow. And uh, we're just so happy to have you here with us uh, this morning. But tell uh, everyone a little bit about yourself. A little bit about me, huh? As yeah. if you don't know. Uh-huh. Well, for the listening audience, I yes. am uh, Kendra Delarge. I am uh, a mother of two darling children. Yes. I am a mm-hmm. woman of God, a woman of faith. I am a woman who have, who has walked through a lot of things in life and has been brought to this point for such a time as this. And my book tells the rest. Amen. Amen. Um, I can say uh, one thing that I always brag on you, Kendra, about something that you did a long time ago. I just want to start off by telling the audience this is that um, Kendra was moving from from Dallas, Texas with them dirty cowboys Mm -hmm. to Philadelphia. And when she did, she rented a a truck and she hitched her car on the back of the Mm -hmm. truck Uh and drove across town yes. with two small kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know men who won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you did it with two kids. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that, they that, were one and seven. Uh-huh. That was somebody trying to get out. Now everybody's saying, yes. I'm trying to do better. That was somebody <laughs> trying. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that was you somebody. Know, <laughs> you know, when it's time to move, it's time to move. You know, when you get to a place where you are fed up and when it is your time, you know, you get that right whiff put under your butt, you'll move and re- regardless of the circumstances, regardless of all those details. When it's time to go, you focus on the leaving. And that's what I did. Amen. Amen. I'm with you with that because um, when I seen that, I was saying, I was just so amazed. And periodically, I remember when you did it, you know, you, you, you would call in and then you you, uh, you would call me. I don't know who else you call. I know you were calling me sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. on checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you were calling, hey, I'm here now. I'm here now. I was like, in my mind, I was like, how do you do that? How do you drive? I mean, this. I mean, you do anyone it. who drives knows. It's like you get tired, and you're talking about have a car mm-hmm. on the back of yeah. a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that black woman was out. like Nike. When you are it. when you are put in certain situations, the real that's in you comes out. In order for you to know who you are, you have to be put in a situation so that it can be released, right. so you can see that. I didn't realize that was in me until I looked back. And I was in Pennsylvania. I said, oh, I did do that. Amen. And that was just the beginning and more preparation for what I am doing now. It was all part of the preparation process. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just blown away. But, um, you know, uh, you sent, you know, part of the book to me. Um, I'm on off, off Amazon, but you sent part, you know, book to me. And I was reading mm-hmm. some of the chapters. And um, but uh, this was, you know. Just blown away by some of the things that we read and some things that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. finding out about you, even though we're related. We don't uh-huh. know everything about each other. Right. Some things that we all suffer mm-hmm. and, or, right. you know, you know, sometimes the hand of the enemy or the hand of our own things that we may walk into. Mm-hmm. Regardless of mm-hmm. how how we got there, we still experience those things. Yes. And, you know, yeah. uh, um, you know, you growing up and uh, knowing that you were you were smart and you and you labeled yourself. I'm just going to go right into it because I don't, I don't know any other way okay. to do it. <laughs> go ahead. But go you, ahead. Um, you know, you always felt like how I perceive you, mm-hmm. you know, how you saying you so I was a black sheep of the family and how I was always self, you know, conscious about mm-hmm. how I looked. And um, Maisha Cheney from uh, Preachers of L.A., she said she suffered the same thing. Like if you look at these people, they say, but you're beautiful. You know, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? And you th- how you felt like your shape was wrong. This was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> Uh, can you tell us about that time in your life, how you transitioned? You know, I I was and still am a person who internalized everything. Everything that I went through, I kept inside. I really didn't have an outlet. I really, as I look back on it today, I don't know how I was kept. It was all through the grace of God. I can't tell you how I dealt with those things without succumbing to depression, without succumbing to drugs, without succumbing to the things that many people unfortunately find themselves in when they are in those situations with low self-esteem. I, it wasn't my strength. That's all I can say. Amen. Can, you can hear me uh, well now, can't you? Yes. Oh, perfectly. Yes. Amen. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So when, cause you were growing up, you was the first niece that was yes. born. And um, so you was always like special. You was always, we called, we called you butter. And you know, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, pre- you know, Dooley, Tippy, Tuga, Moogie. I know, right? All these. Cl- I earned the name. I earned it. I'm telling you, I earned it. <laughs> yeah, it came from the 
the word butterball. But anyway, we'll oh, leave that alone. Know, you know, I'm I thinking know. of Either, butter. Okay, come on, continue. Bring it back. Bring it back. Keep it moving. Let's go. Yeah, I know. Keep it moving. I know. We're turning this into a family oh, thing, right? Oh, gosh. I'm thinking of butter that you put on bread and stuff. I'm not thinking of the turkey thing. Adrian, don't help us. Don't help us. Or like when your mom will call you butter. <laughs> your mom started that. You know, butter. With an A, you know. know. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listening audience. But nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> We're real people. We're real people. Exactly. We keep it real. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. So funny. Uh, oh, man. How did I lose my question that fast? What about it being a special one in the family. Yeah, yeah the I'm first, sorry. You being a special one. You being the first niece uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and everything. You Because uh, we, we looked at you. We always, you know, we, everybody, oh, but it's so pretty. She, yeah, she yeah. light-skinned. That's what I remember. Like grandma and got good hair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember him telling me all of this about you before I met you. Yeah. <laughs> But right. uh-huh. you, you, you was the you, you was that child, and 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 to hear you yeah. say in your book like how right. you you know how you felt or or how you perceive yeah. you know the measure of love that was given to you that way like it just uh-huh. totally uh-huh. blew me away. Mm-hmm. It was just so hard for me to digest, you know, like uh-huh. that you felt that way, mm-hmm. you know, because uh-huh. you're because you're a confident person, you know. I I mean, yeah. of uh-huh. course, I, you know, we all have insecurities, but I I still see that yeah. you're a confident person, you know, because mm-hmm. you've always been independent. You've always been, yes, a strong person who said, you know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um, but do you still feel that way? Do you still feel, or or, or do you see that guys putting your family back together? And, and how has this book helped you help you grow? You know, if it was all about physical attributes, um. You know, I would be on top of the world, but just because you look a certain way doesn't mean that you feel a certain way. Someone else can tell you that you're beautiful, but if you don't receive it on the inside of you, if, that, if that's not what you see when you look in the mirror, it doesn't matter about all the accolades that you get on the outside that are coming in your ear. Right. I didn't believe that myself. And I had so much of the negative that outweighed the positive. It was louder. Because uh-huh. it came from people that I trusted. And the accolades came from people that were on the outside of that circle. So what I received was that, yes, I had a pretty face, but everything else was wrong. I used to walk around with my arms crossed across my chest because I was ashamed of having a voluptuous bosom. I used to walk around with my head down because I was told that my body was not good enough. And I listened to that because I really didn't have a lot of people in my life at that time to contradict those negative words. Mm -hmm. So now that uh, I'm at this place in my life, you can't tell me anything because I know who I am now because my, my mind has been renewed because who I see in the mirror now is a great woman, a confident woman. I have been, I have now received fully inside what I've been told all along, but I had to see it for myself. People can yeah. tell you until they're blue in the face, but if you don't receive it, it just goes out the window. Amen. Once again, we're talking to a uh, first time author. The phenomenal Kendra, now <laughs> international Kendra, I knew her, on her new book, The Walk from Hearing to Knowing. So, um, so that's so basically that's what you're telling us right now. That basically, you know, all, you know, uh, you're hearing it like I'm talking about from the Word of God perspective. But now you're now you know it because you know faith comes by hearing. Yeah. So God has like deposited so many things on the inside of you that now it's like you're you're walking in them. So in, in your mm-hmm. trans in your transition, I mean, I look at you um, from a child, you know, you were always like very highly intelligent, always like the top of your class. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. 
you know, um, I just want to uh, visit that because I read in your book and you said you was like you couldn't relate because you were you were going into high school. Uh, we said twelve, correct? You yes, were, I was twelve in the ninth grade. Yes, you mm-hmm. was twelve going in, and going into a uh, high school, and yes. at, at school you felt left out because you were so far at, out in age, and and at home it was uh, you, you were dealing with like well, basically once again that you know you're not fitting in. So how did, how did God, how did God do that? And when did you come to a point where you said, Hey, um, or what did you find a group of friends where you felt comfortable? Cause it seemed like, you know, when I, when I read further, you said how, you know, you went to a period where you were, you know, cutting class cause it was boring to you and mm-hmm. to have so many, so, you know, so much smarts and so much stuff that God has placed in on the inside of you. And it seemed like you were, you were fighting, um, it was like more like a social battle, you know, going on yeah. inside of yeah. inside of you that messed up everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you that yeah. that threw yeah. you off a little mm-hmm. bit. So, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, yes, I was twelve years old in the ninth grade. So, I was this teenager at school. I looked like an eighteen-year-old because my body had developed over the summer to look like a woman, but I still had a twelve-year-old mind. So at school, I was this older person expected to do this. But when I was at home, I was this younger person expecting to do that. So, again, I cannot tell you how I got through that, but I'm here today. So obviously I did. I just I don't know when I was in school and even in the ninth grade, I was bored. I was in that transition period. Most kids are in the seventh grade when they go through that. I was in the ninth grade. I was 12 going into those teenage years. I was bored at school because I guess I got to a point where I was tired of living that double life. I got tired of the pressures of school and I got tired of the pressures at home. I was expected to be two people and I didn't know what to do with myself at times. So to get away, I would skip school. I would go to my mother's ex-husband's relative's house and hang out with them sometimes because I looked older, so I wasn't questioned when I when I was out in places. Because, like I said, when I uh, grew so fast over the summer, I had to wear my mother's clothes to school. That's how fast I grew. So I had on these grown woman clothes, 12 years old, looked the part, but still had the mind of a child. So I was doing childish things, and again, I was very... Um, Internal. I didn't tell people a lot of things. I just did it. I was very secretive and sneaky. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to get away with a lot of that. That's how I did it. I just I, I, I just lived that double life for four years. And no one in high school knew that I was 12 years old in the ninth grade. Many of my classmates didn't find out that I was the youngest one in the class until two or three years ago. Oh, man. that See, that's, that's wow. so mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Because, I know. Because... <laughs> No, it, it it really is because here we are. We all in the same family, you know, and it's not like we mm-hmm. like we're this distant family. I, I've always uh, my nieces and nephews to me always was special to me. I, they always are, you know what I mean. Call them all, you know. Yeah. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's love with me. I never yeah. try to like show partiality from one to the next, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because sometimes growing up, you know what that is and how much heartbreak that brings you that that partiality mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. you know, but to see you guys and knowing that I had somewhat of a. Um, of, of of a bond, you know, with you guys, and uh, to to think that you were going through that, and I didn't all know by it yourself. all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just yeah. really mm-hmm. it's just really heartbreaking, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just you know, I, I ain't gonna lie to you because you know people have to understand. I've read this yesterday, so I'm still mentally trying to digest this. Uh-huh. Like, yesterday, we're, we're gonna talk about that after the show. I know, yesterday. right? Yesterday, right? <laughs> 
but you know, look, I know, she right? Like her mom. <laughs> For real. But you know, looking mm-hmm. at it, I mm-hmm. mean, even the, the the darker things that you talk about, how you were violated um, as a young girl, and and the reason only yeah. reason I'm bringing this up because people need to hear about things that go on that are uncomfortable. Like some people don't like to talk about how little girls yeah. are violated by men, mm-hmm. and yes. um and tricked, mm-hmm. and and, uh-huh. and duped. These outsiders yeah. come in and divide the household with with their yeah. crafty talk. And can you tell us about mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. how God um, delivered you from that? You know, for me, I really believe that everything that we walk through and everything that I have walked through was to help someone else. Even in your childhood, you are being prepared for your adult mission. And I was kept because none of it destroyed me. None of it took me out. I am still alive today because we go through these things to help other people. The call on our lives, it's for somebody else. It wasn't really about me. But obviously there was something in me that was putting me at conception that was able to handle those things, that God's grace was able to take me through. It also strengthened my mind. It strengthened my character. It didn't break me. That's the sign of the strength that he has put on the inside of me for me to be for other people that I'm encountering even now that are weak and think that they cannot handle it. So... I understand it's heartbreaking and I received that empathy, but don't let your heart be broken because it was for a greater purpose. Don't let your heart be broken because I am reaching people all over the world who are in that situation, who are about to go in that situation, and who are about to throw in the towel of that situation. I've walked it from A to Z so I can tell them what to do and help bring them out and empower someone else. So that is the gist of that. Now, when I was going through that, when I actually was in, uh, when the event was actually taking place, I didn't really know what was going on because I wasn't introduced to sex. Sex wasn't talked about um, in a, in the way that I talked to my daughter and to my own son. So I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't exposed to that until that defilement happened. And it tormented me for about seven to nine years. I would have dreams. And I finally told my mother as a teenager and when I finally told her, she uh, uh, approached the, um, her ex-husband at that time, and she threatened to kill him if mm. she ever saw him again. And I believe that she meant that because from that day, from my understanding, she's never seen him again. And I was a teenager. She so she probably it. was going to kill him. She meant <laughs> um, it. I'm her she brother. Did. She <laughs> meant it. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Because, I, yeah, I got that little ace crazy streak in me, too. I know where I get it from. <laughs> so I, So even with other situations that I encountered as an adult that were not necessarily similar to what happened as a child, but still that type of sexual defilement, I was able to draw back from that strength and know how to deal with it on a a different level. I was able to go to God in prayer. I was able to, you know, be more on guard and be more discerning. See, you go through things and it prepares you for the next level. So if you go through this as a child and you learn from that, you, you get to something as a teenager, you can handle it because that foundation is there. And then as an adult, what you learn in your young years takes you to your older years. You know, you train up a child the way he should go when he's old and will depart from it. That includes that, too. So those things helped me to go and grow in those areas. Wow. And if if you hear my story, 
and I've exposed it. Imagine the number of girls and yeah, even boys who are out there today point. who are not talking. Yes. <clears throat> Who are holding Imagine the ones who are alone. walking around with that pain and don't know how to get it out, don't know who to tell. Hopefully that person is listening today. Hopefully yes. that person will pick up my book today. Hopefully that person will receive that today or who knows someone that's in there and they can say, hey, I can get through this. Show me what you did. Help me. That's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for, to help someone else. Amen. Amen. This is Brother D, and we'll be right back after this one song break. You are amazing in all of your ways. I long to praise you, my King, for the rest of my days. You are the beginning.
welcome back. Just coming back in uh, with our esteemed guest. Amen. Once again, we're talking with uh, first time author Kendra DeLarge on her book, The Walk from Hearing to Knowing How um, God Has Transformed Her Life from uh, These Things That She Suffered. So, coming out of your first marriage, yeah, uh, how did you, and because we spoke about how you left Texas, that's pop, you know, one of the mm-hmm. reasons why you left. Um, how did God um, deliver you, and, and what, is, what is he doing right now in you through that to share with other people? What, what is he telling you to tell people through that? Well, um, I was married to my children's um, biological father. In the book, I believe I called him Peter, so for the sake of that, I'll remain with Peter. Um, I met him when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a very naive 18 years old. I had a lot of book sense, but I didn't have a lot of street sense because I lived a very sheltered life, as you you saw in the book. And he was 24, and he was um, experienced in many ways. And um, I think I was just easy prey. He was looking for a parasite, and so was I. Mm-hmm. He was looking for a host sometime, and so was I. So you had these two dysfunctional people that got together, and we created a mess mm. of a marriage. But we have two, we, we, I have two blessed children. But um, we were, wow, how can I even put this? It was a mess. It was a broken mess. It was brokenness on top of dysfunction, on top of hurt, on top of betrayal. I didn't know what I was doing. He didn't know what he was doing. We did not get any counseling. We didn't know what marriage was. I didn't know what marriage was. All I knew is that I was looking for a void to be filled because every man up to that point in my life who I had a relationship with had hurt me in some kind of way, whether it was an abandonment by my own biological father, whether if it was attempted sexual abuse or sexual abuse by a man that was um, in our house. Um, So I was looking for a void to be filled, and I didn't know that at that time. And I thought I found it. I thought that his words of love were love for me. I didn't know what love was from a man because I never had it. But I thought I found it in him. So... We were married, and then I realized, as we, as the marriage progressed, if that's what you want to call it, um, that I wasn't loved. Mm-hmm. I was being used. Wow. I was just an in-house person, the one he would come home to after he finished on the streets. Mm. Wow. I was, I was the one who, who had the daughter. I'm the only one who wanted the daughter. I'm the only one who wanted the baby. Mm. Because I remember when I came home and I told him that I was pregnant and I, and I knew I wasn't loved in a marriage. And when I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter, I was so happy because I finally had someone to love that would love me unconditionally. And when I told him, his whole demeanor changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a smile on his face, but you can tell when someone's just, you know, moving the muscles versus, you know, it comes from the inside. Yeah. And... Uh, so um, I had my daughter, and um, yeah, that that's how that worked out. Um, <laughs> the divorce. Well, what had happened was it was just I he had went off to prison, and that's in the book. I don't even want to get into that that foolish walk that I went through, but I learned from that. And he had went to prison, and when he got out. That's when we were married. I wasn't married to him when Krista was born. I married him when Krista was two and a half years old. 
and he got out of prison and I just knew we were going to have this wonderful family and everything was going to be perfect because Kendra was going to change him. And so we got married 30 days after he got out of prison when my daughter was two and a half years old and we were in the same house for five and a half months. I made the gravest mistake of my life. I was even warned not to marry him, but I didn't listen because in my stubbornness, in my mind, in my desire and need to fill this void, I married him and did what I wanted to do because it was all about me anyway. So we got married and it was, I promise you, hell on earth. It was torment. I'm going to share this. I don't know if it's in the book, but the first night that we were married, I couldn't even sleep with him. I could not even bring myself to let him touch me because I knew on the inside of me that I married the wrong person. Wow. I couldn't even let him touch me. And for five and a half months, I would sleep like I was in a cocoon. I would wrap myself in a blanket just to stop him from touching me. Because I knew on the inside of me that I made a mistake because it was just to fill a void and that was not a God send. And I walked it out. So one day I was sitting at home by myself and I was praying. I mean, crocodile tears. And I was crying out and just talking and just wailing and apologizing and repenting. And I said, God, if you would get me out of this. I promise you that I won't look back, and this is what happened, and if you want to believe it, you can. If you're not, that's okay. I looked to the wall, and on the wall, I saw these two hands, like they were coming out of a blue sky, and I saw them pick up this big cement block a weight and pulled it back into the wall, and 40 days later, he left. 40 days. You tell me what that means. Wow. And that's when the the separation started. But I I paid the price. It wasn't an easy walk to get out of that situation. I was stalked. I was harassed. Mm. Every time I would walk, I lost a car at that time. So I would walk down the street. He would have people to follow me. He would sit outside my apartment and knock on the door at night when I was at home. My neighbors would tell me that that tall, that big tall man was looking for you. He was sitting outside. I had to get a restraining order in the apartment complex that I lived in to keep him out. So he would send a relative over instead just to see what I was doing. Not because he wanted me, but he didn't want anyone else to have me. Mm-hmm. And so I walked through that and I survived that as well. And to this day, when we were in the divorce court, and, and uh, we divorced um, a week before I left Texas. That drive you said I took, it yeah. was right after I left court. And wow. I <laughs> said to God, I said, if this man will do anything to harm me or my son, because I went back to him and had another child, and that's a story for another time. And I said, if that man will do anything to hurt me and my children, you keep him away until his heart is right. And without me having to ask, without me having to plead, they gave me sole custody and put him on um, visitation that he has never fulfilled to this day. And then next week, I went to Pennsylvania and got it together. It was time for me to come back. And I've been back here exactly nine years this month. And that's the story of that marriage. That's a lifetime that you just mm-hmm. <laughs> described. Wow. Really, it really is. And, you know, people who are listening right now, 
you know, um, sometimes we, you know, we get a word, you know, don't marry this person, don't marry that person. The thing is about that when 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 someone comes to you and says that, I mean, I mean, just look at the whole picture. You know, mm-hmm, a lot of times mm-hmm. when God's telling you that Christians want to marry non-believers or people uh-huh, uh-huh. who has nothing to do with God mm-hmm. and think right, that they're right. going to get better because they may because tap their foot doing yeah. a music <laughs> on or that they know yeah. that they, they smile or, yeah. or they sit in the back of the church. I'm like, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something that has no when, when you talk about unbelievers. When God uh-huh. said, "Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers," that's what he's talking. What's what he's talking about? Unbelievers. I don't believe mm-hmm. Christ. I don't believe what he have to say. And most of all, I mean you no good. You know. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard for yeah. God. To, God can't even work in them because He's not present. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That's true. That's you yeah. know. So, um, you know, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, for people out here to hear that. Yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And, and, and here's some of the, you know, some of the things it's like, it seems it seem like you live three lifetimes. You know what I mean? I'm listening to. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting here going, what? <laughs> you know, because I, I don't listen to you as an author. I listen to you as my niece. You know what I mean? And yeah, to hear right, that right. you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. because people look at it like, oh, this is just a book. Like, no, this is her life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is my. Something someone lived. I, you know, I yeah. get up day to day. And, you know, some people, mm-hmm. they're in the house. You know, they're looking at yeah. Netflix and turning something on, eating popcorn. Oh, I think I go down to the mall. <laughs> right. And here you are talking about, no, I had to wrap myself in a thing like a cocoon because I didn't want to be touching. It's like you had to go through all, you know, all these steps and, 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 uh-huh. and go through that because sometimes it uh-huh. are, are the decisions that we make. And, right. um, and I want to tell Christians, too, that, you know, uh-huh. we could be so hateful sometimes as believers yeah. we can say you know that's yeah. what you get for not listening to god i was like that's not the time to say mm-hmm. that that's not the mm-hmm. time that's not grace that's not grace <laughs> yeah uh-huh. the, the thing is is that you know like hey you know like god, god's going to deliver you you know right. just listen to him you right. know if you need yes. someone to talk to give me a call you want to come over you can come over right. sometime right that's what we supposed right. to be we supposed right. to be refuge mm-hmm. you know right. if god t- right. treated us like that we would never go to him right huh. we, we yes. would never run to him nope yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, many of us have this pharisaical mentality or approach when we see people yes. out here. Oh, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this. And right. you're going oh, to do this man. if you don't do that. And, you know, you're you're pointing out all these splinters in everyone else's eye, but you have this plank sitting in yours. You forget where God brought you from. You forget that just yes. last night you had to repent for cheating on your wife. You, ha- you forget about those things mm-hmm. that you went through. And we walk around with this this, this ickness. We walk around with this facade as if we are better than other people yes. no we go through these things because big that's where we are going to compel them with big time because we are real too it, we are not immune from from life just because we call ourselves christian or just because we're women and men of god as a matter of fact it really begins when you say yes mm-hmm. yeah so that is what we are here for. We have got to drop that condescending, condemning mentality that, oh, I'm better than you because you're this and you're that. Sweetie, just 10 years ago, you were doing the same thing. We both walked in the club together because you <laughs> said yes first. Now you want to talk about me? Please. No, 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 no. No, that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we 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 all. That's act not cl- the gospel. It's, it's it's not. It's not, and we and that's where we did the sh- we did a show on preach Jesus because people yeah. they preach everything but Jesus. They right. preach, you know, don't go in clubs, don't wear this, 
you know, don't talk right. back don't, to the don't, past. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. You, 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 you. <laughs> that's how yes. they preach. And, and, yeah. and that's what turns a lot of people uh-uh. away in a it sense. Does. Because we always say what we don't do. We're not talking about the benefits of it. We're not talking about the joy of it. Yeah. We're not talking about the deliverance, the freedom, and the liberty of it. Yes. We walk around with this, with this, what do you want to call it? I'll call it a sect, and we're beating people over the head. Mm-hmm. No, you don't do this. No, you don't do that. Well, then show me what to do. Right. And that's the question many of us don't answer. Then yes. what do you do? Oh, we don't have an answer to that. Right. Yeah. Why? Because there's no love there. It's no, it's no genuine, no love. it's no genuine love there. Because exactly. if you really, if you really love someone, you'll treat them like you treat yourself. You're like, because you keep your secrets yes. secret. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah. they're not, they're not open yeah. secrets. They're a secret, you know? And you, you know, yeah. you have to tell people like to run the guy. That's why everything is uh, people have to understand too a lot of leaders is that everything uh-huh. is not meant for your ears because we can't digest everything because we're not god because uh-huh. we're not god so yeah, you know we, can handle it. we, we can. want people to come we think we are yeah <laughs> don't we uh-huh. we do and and the thing is some people that means to send people to god and say hey look you know go to god about that well sometimes you have a special person who you who you pray with and, and that you you know believe god with and this is brother d and we'll be right back after this one song break I used to be so broken, lost, empty. A heart with no beat, a singer with no song to sing. So I know the feeling, the silence is deafening. But in your pain, a sweet and sour victory So keep walking, walking, walking Though it seems so far No matter who you are See there's one thing that I know Life it can leave you so
For you, this book, you know, to live this, it's unbelievable. So overall, mm -hmm. why do you think God told you to write this book? And, and who have you seen um, influenced by it? My my uh, way of expressing myself, we, we spoke about that earlier in the interview, was through writing. I write everything. I used to write God 10-page letters sitting in the closet. I have books here of journals that I have filled up about my day and about my life that I wrote to him. I, I, I thank God for that gift because I, I was able to express it to him and not be condemned because of it. I could say whatever I wanted on paper and I didn't have to hear anybody's mouth, whether if I was wrong, if I was right, if you didn't say this right, if you didn't do this well. I was able to write it all down. And I believe that he told me to write this book because... People needed to hear this story. There are so many broken people yes. in this world today. Most of the people in this world are broken today. And we have got to stop walking around like we have it all together in our own strength. Mm -hmm. And we need to compel people and let them know, I love you. I'm going to keep it real with you, but I love you enough to empower you and bring you with me to bring you out or help bring you out of that situation. This is just the first of three books he told me to write. I'm working on my second one now because the story is not over. That book ended in 2013. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's listening and you've had any interaction with me over the last three years, you may find yourself in the second one. So, <laughs> so that he told me to write it because it needed to get out. It needed to be expressed. People need to know that he is a deliverer. Most of the people that you know are not going to step into a church. Most of the people that you know, are, as soon as they say, oh, she's Christian, or, oh, he's wearing a cross, and mm -hmm. oh, she has the fish on her car, Amen. they turn away. Because we use God as a weapon, mm -hmm. or we use him as a crutch, when we need to use him as a love magnet, when Amen. we need to use him to show, them, to show the people he is real, this is what he did for me. He it's can do daddy. the same for you if you will allow him. Amen. That's why he told me to write that first book. 
Amen. That's why he tells us to, you know, come buy with no money. Come taste it. He just come as you are. And that literally means come as you are. Everybody talked talk about the way we dress. He's talking about our heart. Yes. So, you know, yes. so you may be dressed a little different, but he really is talking about our heart. So say, hey, look, yes. but, I'm, but yes. I'm killing people. I'm a racist. I know. Just come just as you are. Mm-hmm. You have to receive yes. me gay. You have to receive me as a racist. You have to you have to receive me while yes. you're in that stuff yep. because you can't deliver you. <laughs> right. You can't deliver yep. you. He's the deliverer. Exactly. And that's what we (laughs) fell to see. We keep telling people, lay that down. You can't lay it down. If If I could, Jesus would have said, live by the law. Right. But I can't. That's 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 why he had to come. He had to come. You know, in in the preface of my book, I wrote in the front, I said, this book is not for women. This book is not for Christians. This book is about life because everybody goes through something. Christians are not the only ones who experience widowhood. Mm-hmm. Islamic people are not the only ones who had their houses burned down. Mm. Hindus are not the only ones who are abused. Agnostics are not the only ones whose children are kidnapped. Life happens to everybody. Mm. So even though I'm not throwing God in your face when I'm speaking, it's, it comes out. I don't have to wear the badge because the walk speaks for itself of who did what, what was done for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the preface of how I wrote my book. I don't deny God or Jesus in any way, but I don't use it as a weapon to try to tell someone of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus was walking on this earth, he met the need. He didn't have to wear a badge. He didn't have to even say his name. But they knew who he was by his fruit. Mm-hmm. They knew who he was by his spirit because yeah. he loved people with truth. Yeah. He shared the truth in love. Mm-hmm. The love was sweet, but it was not sugarcoated. And if we're going to have his mind, that's the same thing we need to do. Not tolerance of foolishness, not condemning people for what they do, but walking with them in love, but still holding them accountable with truth. And that is the preface of this book and everything that I do, even when I speak, when I'm called to speak places, because some of the places that I go to are not Christian based. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to use God as a weapon because when I speak and God speaks through me, you'll see the fruit, you'll hear the fruit because Mm -hmm. I've walked it out. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Amen. And that's what we need to do. Amen. Um, once again, we're talking with uh, first-time author Kendra Delarge on her new book, yes. The Walk from Hearing to Knowing. The one minister I always give a lot of credit to um, who walks in love. Joyce Myers has always been a person, even though she, she's straightforward, you can tell she has love on board. Mm-hmm. The love of God uh-huh. that she wants what God has for you. Not right. get straight because... Right. I'm not pleased with you, but right. but get straight because God wants the best for you. You right. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Follow God. Uh-huh. He has uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. And um, yes. I just thank God, you know, for what for what He's doing in you that He gave you this this book and 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 that you're going to um, you know, touch many lives because there's so many people out here who are who are truly hurting and truly don't know what the gospel really is. Yes. You know, right. the, the gospel of deliverance, because a lot of people today, we we talk about God and, and being right, but they don't understand the power of God that will deliver you. Like mm-hmm. you said, the, those yeah. two hands came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand yeah. why people don't believe what God still do today anyway, <laughs> as if he changed like, oh, OK, I'm going to stop doing this. <laughs> Guys, like, can I just uh-huh. be me? Can, can I, I be, just do me? Yeah, uh-huh. and you Let know, me just like, be God. <laughs> I don't understand why we as Christians don't get it. He yeah. wants to just be your God. Let yeah. him be your God. He mm-hmm. wants to be a daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let him be mm-hmm. a daddy. 
yeah. the best daddy in the in the universe in the world. Let him just be right. it. Yeah, but we won't allow him to do that. Yeah, when he, and yeah. he loves to show off with stuff yes. like that. When he when he shows yes. us stuff, that's that's called the personables. You know what yes. I mean? And mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. shows you that in the Bible, mm-hmm. remember the Old Testament is a reflection of what he was going to do under this much better covenant. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yes. if it's much better, yes. he's going to do it for us. We right. walk in. Yeah. We we get the opportunity to walk believe. as a as prophet, priest, and king. So mm-hmm. therefore, yeah. he's going to speak to us prophetically. Therefore, he's going to make us a leader. Therefore, he's going to put us, uh, you know, back in dominion over the earth and over the, uh, you know everything right. that creeps upon the earth. And you know, right. not. not each other but you know but so when you experience that that's normal and a lot of people say well well he never did that for me all right well fine you know he he, but he's Mm -hmm. doing something Mm -hmm. that you know that he will show himself allowed them to yet oh please god will show he wants to do that (laughs) put you in a spot where you know it was only Only him him. nobody else just him. Nobody he, he, he has a special way. Like, okay, let me just show. I'm going to show off today. This is me, boo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, so I'm just so proud of you, Kendra. Yeah, I am proud of, of you too. doing this book. And I, I also I also see that God, through you releasing this book, Amen. more healing uh-huh. coming healing coming to you. Amen. A new you coming forth. You know, a deliverance. Like you said, mm-hmm. this is just the first one. Like right. as you release these books, that God will continue to empower you more and more. So I think that's just awesome. Amen. The lives that you will touch. Amen. This is Brother D, and we'll be right back after this one song break.
So I, I don't I don't know if you got to the part in the book about the um the widowhood. Did you were you no no you know a okay. lot of things. Man, I ain't gonna lie because to you. We got it. Access to a notice. yeah. A lot That's of things make me make me cry. You get access to Ada. Seriously, I, I, I yes. really am like I, that. It make, I, it, I, I know, I know, but I really believe if, if someone is someone that's listening that that needs to hear about that too. You know, yeah, okay. When you when you lose the person that you have become one with, and you watch it happen, your whole life changes. You know, with and I believe I call them Joseph in the book, so I'll keep that. When uh, jo- one morning. I'm going to tell you how it happened. So one morning, I was going to start a new job that day. And at 542 that morning, I woke up to my bed shaking. I thought Joseph was having a bad dream. And I touched him and I said, wake up, wake up. And he wouldn't wake up. He kept shaking. So in the dark, I moved my hand towards his face. And I realized that his tongue was sticking out of his mouth. And so I pulled it back. And all of a sudden, the, the shaking stopped. And it was 543. In 60 seconds, my life changed. I watched Joseph die in our bed. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. I stood there and I didn't know what to do. So I got on the phone and I, and I called his brother and I got on the phone and I called the ambulance and they came to get him. And when I got to the hospital, his body was already cold. And I was supposed to start a new job that day, so I had to call them and tell them, oh, I can't come in today. My husband died this morning, <laughs> you know. Um, so we, I went through all of that, and that was the darkest time in my life because you know why? I walked that alone, too, with ravens that came in to help me. I didn't have a constant person uh, every single day to help me walk through this. It was me and God alone navigating on how to walk through the blackness, the bottom of the darkness of life. Now, of course, people came by, you know, the first couple mm-hmm. of weeks and, you know, all those different things after he was born. But I was deserted by his family. There was no one that I could call because I didn't know any widows at that time. And one day, a friend of mine, she invited me to something called Tea and Testimony, and there was another person there a few months later, and I was able to release. But that was the only help that I really had during that walk. When you talk about a death walk, when you talk about a walk from A to Z with nothing but God and you, being a widow did that for me. The double life that I lived as a child prepared me for this double life right here in a sense because I had to be one thing on the outside and go home and do another. But I realized that I had my two children. I was too stubborn and still too stubborn to let people see me quit and let people see me fail. And God walked me through that dark time, too. It was hard. People tried to tell you how long you should grieve and what you should do and how this should happen. But one thing I want to say is whenever the emotions come, release them. Whenever the thoughts come, get them out, because if you hold them in, it's going to make you sick. If you hold that pain in, it's going to eat you up on the inside. There are many people walking around here, and they're still holding on to dead people. They're still holding on to a life that they can't get back. And they're driving themselves sickly, and they're hindering themselves from the newness that God has for them. If they would just release that and take God's hand and let him rebuild them. They're hindering themselves because they won't let it go. 
because who wants because that you've gotten so comfortable with that pain that and you've adapted to it so well that you're scared to let go and find out what's on the other side of that. But if you take that first step to let go and to start to rebuild, I promise you there is life after death. Spiritually, I promise you, I, I am a living witness, not what I heard, what I know. There is life after death. Wow. Once again, we're speaking with um, first-time author Kendra DeLarge on her, on her book, you know. Uh, man, I'm just blown away, man. It's just, it just seemed like this. It's just so, to hear so much, it seemed like I'm speaking to three different people. How much stuff that we're, you know, so much ground that we've covered this morning, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and um, so we want to say that this morning. So, uh, everybody, purchase the book. We love you and um, enjoy your day. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much for giving us this time and sharing yourself with oh, our listeners. Thank you today. so much for having me. I appreciate it so much, and I look forward to connecting with the listeners. Amen. Amen. Most definitely. We um, is there any way that is there any way that listeners can contact you? Yes, my website is www.internationalkendra.com. I'm also on Facebook as International Kendra, and I can also be connected with on Twitter, and the handle is uh, M-S-K-E-N-D-R-A-D-E-E. That's Miss Kendra D. Amen. And you listen to